Hey everybody, this is Todd Zumpel here with another edition of the Gordon Asset Management Podcast. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Glenn, Glenn Moore, Mr. CFA man, um, what are your thoughts on that um, debate that happened last night? Uh, well, I think the clear loser was probably Chris Wallace. I want to make Mr. sure. Mr. President, can you let him finish, sir? No, he doesn't know how to do that. Absolutely you know what? You're wait, not wait, true. You're doing it. You're going to have true. Gentlemen, is, <laughs> I hate to raise Chris, my voice, but I see it seems to be. Why should I be different than the two of you? Uh, <laughs> he had a hard time uh, wrangling those two. And uh, I think anybody probably would have had the same problem. They, you know, Trump was. Uh, speaking over any and everybody. And um, so it was, uh, you know, it wasn't your typical debate where you have one side that speaks, the other side that speaks, and then you have kind of your rebuttal period. Um, it was definitely much more of a hostile argument, if you will, between the two. Would you shut Who is up, man? Listen? Um, so I felt like, uh, and I only stayed up to watch probably the first half of it, um, it was lacking on substance, I felt. Um, I felt that Trump was trying to get his jabs in, and then Biden was kind of trying to counter those. And then it also seemed like he was trying to make an appeal emotionally to uh, the population. And it was almost like a plea to basically um, ask people to vote for him uh, out of the kindness of their heart versus him actually giving any substance um, there were a couple zingers from Trump, which were pretty funny. Um, but, uh, I mean, for the most part, I think it's what most people expected out of it. It was, uh, very combative. Um, and, you know, Biden, um, wasn't really, I felt like on his game. Um, I think most people were probably expecting that. Uh, so that's kind of what I took away. Um, interested to hear your thoughts and what you thought the, uh, <laughs> not necessarily the outcome, yeah. but what you, what your thoughts were. Yeah. So I, I guess I don't know what I was expecting. Um, uh, when I started watching it, um, I, I got maybe 15 minutes into the thing and I said, honey, I need to go grab a beer. I can't, I can't deal with this. I mean, watching that debate was, was the visual and audio equivalent of, uh, scratching your nails down a chalkboard. I mean, it was just off the charts, infuriating. Um, the, the whole thing, it was just, just terrible. Um, and, you know, after the the actual debate occurred, at the end, I flipped on to CNN for a moment um, just to see what they were saying about it. And and one of the hosts um, on there said uh, something to the effect of, "This was uh, this was a disaster inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck." And for that moment, I I, I thought to myself, "My God." I actually agree with something that CNN is, is saying for, for yeah. the first time ever, probably. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, it was just terrible. Um, yeah. You know, I, I disagree with you a little bit. I think Chris Wallace probably came out of, out of the, 
that debate the winner. Um, he was the only uh, seeming uh, adult in the room. Well, that's yeah. true. Yeah, and, and you know, I started checking Twitter. Um, and the the whole internet universe just really exploded uh, during and after the debate. Basically, everybody said the American public are the losers, um, and and I don't disagree. I mean, watching two uh, geriatric uh, blowhards just babble for for an hour and a half. I mean, with absolute zero substance, it was just. Uh, crazy, crazy. Uh, you know, the few moments that I thought just blew me out of the water. And again, this isn't political. I, I, I'm a libertarian guy, very uh, socially liberal, fiscally conservative, like I think most people are. Um, but sure. uh, there, there was a moment when uh, Chris Wallace asked Trump to disavow white supremacy, and he didn't say it. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups sure. and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing. Not from the right so wing. So what are you? What are you? Look, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and white right like supremacists and right proud boys. boys. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right his wing own, problem. This is, this is a left wing. This is a left wing. White supremacist. Antifa is an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got to be up. All he had to do is say the words, but for some reason he didn't. Uh, which was shocking to me. Um, and then there was kind of uh, an equivalent with Biden where, where um, Trump uh, asked Biden to, to identify one police group that actually supports him, and he couldn't name a single one. So, I mean, there were jabs, like you said, on, on both sides, but a few of those shocking moments. Uh, but overall, you know, I'm, I'm watching this thing, looking for some direction on the economy and the markets and there was absolutely nothing there absolutely no substance and quite frankly i wouldn't be surprised if there was not another uh debate coming out of this um uh into the future either i think both sides should say no it's not worth our time it was a disaster we're not doing this again yeah. And it's, it's funny. I, I do the same thing because I follow on Twitter. I, I actually kind of use that as kind of a, a news source and kind of a, a behavioral um, indicator to see what people are thinking, because a lot of people like to emote on Twitter and, and put their feelings out there. And so um, I, I do the same thing. I'll scroll through my Twitter feed and kind of see what the reaction is on both sides. Yep. Um and, and it was funny. Um, I felt like a lot of people were saying the same thing that me and my wife were talking about when we were watching it. You know, at one point she looks over at me and she says, why don't they just give the moderator a mute button and just let the, let him mute whoever is just speaking over almost like, um, you know, like the talk show on ESPN where the guy right. can mute someone who just starts rambling on. And uh, I saw like, you know, probably five or six different people as soon as she said that. And I was looking through my Twitter feed saying the exact same thing, give the moderator a mute button. Right. So I, I, that'd be an interesting um, thing to add to, to debates going forward is when people get out of control, you just mute them and say, excuse me, sir, your time is up and we're, we're going to move on from here. Yeah, I, I agree, but no side will agree to that. I, no, I, no, that's true. Unfortunately, 
Yeah, this was absolutely part of uh, Trump's strategy to throw Biden off, to, to make him trip up, to make him sound like the uh, the crazy old man. When all in all actuality, he probably would have done that on his own if Trump allowed him to speak a little bit. Sure, sure. So, you know, it's uh, the positive takeaway for me, and I suspected this going into the debate, is that it was having this debate would give uh, the investing populace um, clarity on uh, on direction. Meaning, you know, if Biden goes up there and he fumbles all over himself, sounds like a senile old man, well, then I think the market would understand that maybe Trump's going to be the, the, the pick. Um, having not done that, I think the market also found some comfort and solace in, in the fact that, okay, if, if Biden does get elected, um, he is not a senile, crazy old man, maybe. Um, so, so I think that helped markets a little bit as well. So I, I, when you look at the pre-market activity, the market sold off or pre-market um, sold off, features sold off right after the debate ended. Uh, and we opened down, uh, but we're actually uh, up uh, over 1% in the S&P right now. So having that clarity, I think, was positive for the markets. I don't know that we'll get another debate, but um, we'll see where, where things go from there. Yeah, well, and, and just with the markets, you have to remember, too, that we're on September 30th recording this right now. And uh, we're at quarter end and uh, you've got quarter end and month end markup. So people are trying to um, buy into the close to, to, you know, window dress their portfolios, too. So um, take that for what it's worth. Um, I, you know, for me, I don't think that anybody that was on the fence probably was swayed one way or the other. Quite honestly, I don't think there's anybody out there who probably doesn't already know who they're going to vote for. I think that's how polarizing right. this election is going to be. So um, having these debates, I don't know if it's going to change someone's opinion one way or the other. Um, from the market standpoint, I could see, you know, with a Trump victory, you know what you're getting with him. And so at least you have a little bit of certainty there. Um, the problem with Biden is that it seems like you don't really know what his position is and where he's going to fall. And, you know, there is the speculation out there or the concern that his liberal uh, base uh, or far left base, if you will, um, is going to try and, and nudge him and push him further and further left. I mean, he advertises himself as a, as a kind of a centrist, a moderate but the problem is, is that right now it seems like in the Democratic Party, you do have a cohort of um, congressional representatives and senators that are uh, fairly far left of center. And if they're able to kind of nudge him and push him on the margin further and further left and really uh, start to adopt and, uh, and embrace some of these very aggressive monetary and fiscal ideas like modern monetary theory and uh, becoming a lot more liberal with uh, and, and liberal just from not the not the political sense um, uh, on some of these social programs and um, things of that nature uh, that would I think probably give markets a little bit of pause for concern and uh, to me I think the biggest indicator to watch is going to be the dollar um, you know what happens with the dollar from here into the election and then furthermore after the election, I think um, that's going to be a very interesting 
uh, indicator to watch, and that's going to tell a lot of where um, positioning is going to go going forward. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree on on the go forward. Um, it, you know, another one of the uh, interesting points that I thought uh, occurred in the debate last night is um, I, I think Biden said something to the effect uh, to Trump of, of, well, under my tax plan, you will be paying more. Um, we'll roll back the, 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 the Trump tax cuts. But in reality, you know, the, the, the big reason why Trump uh, hadn't paid any taxes uh, are net operating loss carry forwards and depreciation, which would both continue uh, into the future unless there's there's something in you know tr uh, Biden's plan that hadn't been discussed yet. So I thought that was interesting that, no, you know, actually under Biden's plan, Trump's taxes probably be about the same. Sure. Yeah. No. That's that's exactly right. And and it's it's funny over the course of the year. Uh, again, going back to Twitter and 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 just kind of using that as as a, a interesting uh, resource to kind of get the sentiment of the populace out there. Um, it's funny when when COVID came uh, back in February and March. How many people on Twitter were self-proclaimed self virologists and epidemiologists right. <laughs> knew exactly what was going on in real time, yep. had all the answers, and, and now those epidemiologists are now tax experts, and uh, they're, they're giving analysis on, on the, the supposed uh, data that was leaked from uh, someone, uh, I guess, in the IRS or whoever to the New York Times, which is illegal, by the way, and um, now they're they're providing analysis on on Trump's tax returns when in actuality um, most of those people had no clue about uh, virology or epidemiology and and they're not tax experts either because um, clearly if as you just very basically explained um, there's a lot of reason to why Trump was not paying taxes and um, and quite frankly uh, you know to me the argument is if you don't like the way that the rules are. You should change them, and right. you know people that are in in Congress um, or in the Senate uh, have an opportunity to do that because they they're the legislative arm of the of the government, and so it's kind of two sided for um, you know people who are in Congress to complain about it and not do anything, um, and so uh, that's that's also an interesting I think aspect of of that argument too is is that the people that are in power that are complaining the most are the ones that have the ability to do so and change it, and they're not. And so um, take that for what it's worth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was just a, a wild debate. Um, you know, you you probably did the right thing by calling it quits a half an hour or so early. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, any any other closing thoughts on uh, debate and what's going on politically? No. Um, again, I, I thought it was... Uh, a whole lot of, of nothing, really. Um, yeah. it, it was uh, not a lot of substance. There wasn't really anything to me earth shattering. Um, I kind of came into it expecting it to be somewhat of a uh, of a brawl that and, and it turned out that's what it was. Um, so to me, it's, it's a lot of noise. Um, doesn't really change the way that we look at the world from an investing standpoint. It's just um, 
it, it, it's, it doesn't have any impact on the data, doesn't have any impact on really, um, you know, where the trajectory of the economy is going, where the trajectory of inflation is going, where the trajectory of interest rates are going, which, which to me are, are some of the key things uh, that we look at when we're making investment decisions. So I, it, it, it to me was, was entertaining TV for a little while. Um, but uh, no, 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 no huge, I think, earth shattering uh, revelations that came out of this.